quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connective parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I want to talk all about brain science and just the integral part that it plays in connective parenting and why I adore connective parenting because of its commonality and because of its usage of brain science. So I'm going to give you a mini lesson on brain science and how it plays out in our everyday life with our children and why connection is the best way to parent because it really uses the ideas of brain science to help our children with their behavior and help us also with our behavior. So if we can think of our brain in three different parts, the prefrontal cortex, the limbic system, and the brain stem. The prefrontal cortex is the top part of the brain, and it is what holds our judgment, our reasoning, our impulse control, and our decision-making. And it really is the thinking part of our brain. Now that part of our brain is not fully developed until we are 25. So for our children, they're really at a disadvantage with their reasoning and their thinking skills and their judgment skills and their impulse control skills. They're just not able to get there like we are because they don't have the maturity, they don't have the life experience and they it's not developed. It's just underdeveloped completely. So to expect our children to make good choices all of the time, to have great reasoning, to be fully self-regulated, to have good impulse control is just, it's somewhat of an unrealistic ask because our, they just don't have the wherewithal to do that because they haven't been living on this planet long enough. And that's just basic science. So keeping that in mind and also keeping in mind, how often do we make bad decisions, you know, have poor impulse control or, you know, have poor reasoning. And we have a completely developed prefrontal cortex. So 
just keeping all of those things in mind might help us have empathy for our children when they do the wrong thing and when they make a mistake. Now, the middle part of the brain is known as the limbic system. And the limbic system is filled with all of our emotions. It's our sadness and our happiness and our anxiety and everything lies in the limbic system. And the limbic system is fully developed in utero. And so we have feelings in utero. We have understanding of feelings in utero and we have a full breadth of feelings as little children. We feel sadness. We feel anxiety. We feel you know, happiness and defeat and depression. And we feel all those things as very, very little children. And so I think oftentimes us adults will be like, well, what's so hard? They're just a child. They can't possibly, you know, be upset about that, but they have a full breadth of feelings. And those feelings might be discounted because they're little, but they're, those feelings for those children are big and important and need tending to. So keeping in mind that the limbic system, although it's, it is, you know, small and it's in a little brain, doesn't mean it does, it isn't full of all of the same things that our limbic system is full of. And then the brainstem is all our automated responses like swallowing and blinking and breathing and all of the things that just keep our body going. And that's important because when the rest of our brain is offline, when our prefrontal cortex is offline and when our limbic system is offline, we really operate from fight, flight, or freeze. And that's really our, our stem. We're really just functioning. We're breathing and that's about it. Nothing else in the brain is really working, but we are breathing. That's important to understand fight, fight, or free, fight, flight, or freeze. Okay. So the reason that this is important in connective parenting is that when a child is doing well, their prefrontal cortex stays engaged to their limbic system. And so that means that they have a better chance of making good decisions and having good judgment because their prefrontal cortex is engaged. When a child isn't doing well, that prefrontal cortex becomes disengaged, dislodged from the limbic system and is no longer working. And Dr. Dan Siegel likes to say it's you, when you flip your lid, your prefrontal is your lid. When you flip that, it means that you're just operating in your limbic system. You're just operating in your feelings. And so a child who's just operating in their feelings, the best thing we can do for that child is to get them engaged again, to get the prefrontal engaged again. And the best way to get that prefrontal engaged again is through connection. Now, conventional parenting says when a child has flipped their lid, when they've hit their brother or sister, when they refuse to put on their shoes, when they won't do their homework or they're not coming home at curfew, conventional parenting says punish the child, reprimand the child, reward them so they'll stop doing it, yell at them so they will, you know, cease that behavior. And what that does is it just pushes them deeper into fight, flight, or freeze. So then a child who's already dysregulated is going to go to fight, flight, or freeze. They're going to go to this place of just breathing and just blinking and just swallowing and not able to function, not able to reason, not able to think well because their brain has totally gone offline. That's why conventional parenting doesn't work because it pushes a child that's already dysregulated further into their dysregulation. And connective parenting works because we say in those moments when the child's hitting, how can I get connected to this child? How can I help them do better? How can I 
be the soft place for them. Can I come with play? Oh, little girls who hit are going to have 3000 kisses. Does that reward the bad behavior? No, that gets a child who's disconnected, reconnected. So I have a chance of salvaging the rest of this afternoon or the rest of this day, or even this hour. How can I salvage this hour with a child who's not doing well? Do I want to push them farther so that their behavior becomes worse? Or do I want to come with connection so that I can get them back online and have a chance of getting them to remorse? Because if you can get the child who hit back online, if you can be with them, if you can get connected, will they go to remorse and say, oh, that didn't feel good. I don't like that I hit my mom or my dad or my sister or my brother. That didn't feel good. And can I get back to the idea of remorse? And if I can get to the idea of remorse, will that help me curb my behavior in the future? Will it happen tomorrow? Maybe not. Will it happen 300 times later? Perhaps, but you're letting it happen on its own. You're letting your child come to their own remorse so that they can feel better And that feeling better will help them lean into their internal gauges around what's good and what's bad and what's moral and what's not, as opposed to punishing them. So if we go to punishment when the child is being hit instead of connection, then how does the child feel? Well, now they're mad. They're mad at us because we punish them. They're probably still mad at themselves, but they can't even get to the mad at themselves because they're so mad at us. And now it becomes this anger with the whole situation, instead of being able to get back to connection, get back to an engaged brain and feel that remorse on their own. Understanding Big Emotions is the online course designed to help you be the calm during your child's upsets. Whether they are two, eight, or 21, all people and especially children need empathy to help them learn self-regulation. Our role is crucial in this process and without our support, They may never learn to move through upsets with more ease. This online course gives you the tools to find your empathic nature and be the steady, effective leader you want to be. This online on-demand class with five video modules of instruction is yours to keep in perpetuity and refer back to as often as you like. Today is the last day it will be out. So go to peaceandparentingla.com forward slash join or find the link in the show notes. So this idea of brain science really plays into connective parenting so well. And I think that if we can understand the brain science, then we can understand how to use connection to better help our children learn on their own, learn what is good and learn what is bad. Another point that I think is important is that a child who's parented with punishments or rewards or shame or blame or yelling or all of those things is living in a state of alert, meaning that their amygdala is constantly being alerted. They're living in a state of fear. They're worried that they're going to be in trouble. They're going to be punished. They're going to do something wrong. They fear their parents. And we hear this a lot. Like I was parented this way. I was parented with fear. I feared My dad, I feared that I would do something wrong. And if I did something wrong, I was going to be in trouble. So I lived in a, not a huge state of fear, but a constant state of underlying fear. And if we live in a state of underlying fear, what does that do to our brain? 
is our prefrontal cortex able to stay engaged? Are we able to rest our mind? Are we able to be calm? Are we able to fully relax in our home environment if we're fearful that we're always going to be in trouble? So if we live in this fear, what does that do to our brain? Is our prefrontal online or is it offline? Well, it might remain offline more than it is online or offline more than kids who are parented with connection are because they're fearful. So if this is the case, what does that do for somebody at school when they're trying to learn? What does that do for somebody when they're interacting with their friends? What does that do for a child who's playing on a team? If they're constantly worried and in a state of fear, they're unable to fully rest and think and learn and perform well because they're on alert. And if they're on alert, let's take it one step further, then that means their amygdala is on alert. And if their amygdala is on alert, there's something called pruning, which happens in, you know, teenagehood. And what happens is, is that the some synapses that are exist in your brain are pruned. They're cut away because there are too many of them. And so if you've learned to play piano or, and you've only taken five or six lessons, maybe that piano toggle in your brain has been cut down. And so, you know, that's kind of been pruned out of your brain. But if your alert center, your amygdala is constantly being lit up, if it's constantly being used, then much of your brain power is going to go towards your amygdala to keep it functioning, to keep it firing because your brain thinks, oh, we need this amygdala to be really pumped up because it's constantly being used. Then our children will have more brain power sent to their amygdala than they are their, their math area of their brain. So the point is, is that if the amygdala is overused, the brain will believe that it is necessary for a child to have a big amygdala. So it will send its power and growth there. And we don't necessarily want that. So a child who's on alert will remain on alert. This will also keep them on alert in times when they don't need to be on alert. So many different situations might cause them to be on alert because their brain is used to going there. So for all of these reasons and many more reasons, which I, I, we won't need to go into all of them, but these are the really big ones, I think. For all of these really big reasons, brain science is so very important. And that's why connective parenting is so very important. So this idea that we can parent without punishments and we can just use limits with empathy. So the idea is that we use limits with empathy as opposed to punishments and rewards. Then we can stick with connection while still having limits and not having to resort to these ideas of consequences. And in my course, Understanding Big Emotions, this is really what I work on is how do we set limits and have empathy and understanding and not use punishments. And the course really works on those ideas. And it really helps you learn this skill because it's a skill. We didn't have this skill growing up. I didn't have this skill growing up. I mean, my parents were like, do this or else. And if you do that, you'll get a reward. And so I never learned the idea of, oh, I could set a limit and I could just have empathy and understanding around it. And I don't have to use the punishments because I can use empathy instead this was a huge revelation to me. And I know it's been for all of my clients and all of the people I work with that 
everyone needs to learn this skill. So in understanding big emotions, I teach you this skill. And this is the last day that it will be out for the season. So I will link it in the show notes if you're interested in getting it. It's online. It's an hour of instruction and it's all video and you get support materials and you get to keep it in perpetuity. So take advantage um, of this course offering. All right. That's all I have for today. I'm so glad you joined me on the Peace and Parenting podcast to talk all about the ideas of brain science and how they work with connective parenting. And I will hopefully see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.